Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators. You're listening to Simply Stogies, a monthly podcast dedicated to the cigar enthusiast. Light up a stogie, sit back and relax while James brings you along on his journey as a new cigar smoker. Simply Stogies will review cigars, discuss topics that cigar aficionados find important, and will probably learn a few things along the way. Now, here's your host of Simply Stogies, James. All right, so I'll hit the record button. Um... Oh, good. It tells you now that this meeting is being recorded. Perfect. Right. That's that's new and, and different. All right. Um, that yeah, that'll work. All right. So we'll go live-ish because this won't release until uh, July 1st. Okay. So we'll go, we'll go live in three, two, welcome to Simply Stogies. I am your host, James. Uh, today, uh, joining me via uh, telephone is Anya Ramirez, uh, who is a uh, rep for Karen Burger Cigars. She is a Instagram influencer and a wonderful sister of the leaf. Anya Ramirez, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, James. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm excited to talk to you and find out about your story. We talked a little bit uh, at the Charlotte, uh, at the Queen City Cigar Festival in Charlotte, North Carolina, a few weeks ago, uh, which was a great time. Uh, and so I want to talk to you about your journey and, and all of the exciting things going on. But before we uh, get to Anya and, and her journey into the cigar world, uh, I'd like to invite you to go to creativebringcandy.com and check out the great family of podcasts that we have there, including Eyes Forward March. Eyes Forward March uh, is by a couple of guys, NCOs, non-commissioned officers in the Army. They will tell you all about everything you need to know as an NCO and transitioning from the Army into civilian life. Eyes Forward March, creativebraincandy.com. Check them out and all of the other wonderful family of podcasts that we have there. All right, I'm done shilling. I'm done promoting everyone else but myself. Uh, so again, Anya, welcome to the program. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you. You just got back from the Dominican Republic. Is that right? Yes. Yes. I got back uh, last Wednesday, actually. It was a fun, fun trip. So we'll talk about that because there was a specific reason, I think, that you went there. We'll, we'll get there. But let's start at the beginning where all great stories start. Anya, how did you start uh, into the uh, cigar hobby? Well... I got to say that it started when I was practically five years old and I know I wasn't smoking back then, but you know, I used to see my dad um, smoke cigars with his friends and my dad was a cigarette smoker, not a cigar smoker, but his friends used to come to the house and play dominoes and they will bring cigars and they will make him smoke, which I was, you know, grateful because I hated this, you know, that aroma of the cigarette smoke. I hated it, but the cigar smoke, oh my God, I loved it. So it all started there. And then my, my nanny, I used to have a nanny back home and she used to smoke the pipe. So every day after eating supper, she would, you know, go in the backyard, sit under the mango tree and smoke her pipe. And I was always sitting next to her. 
And that's how it all started. And then around, you know, when I was 20 years old, my dad had passed away already. And I decided, you know, I wanted to feel a little bit closer to him. And I started smoking cigars, not like every day or anything like that, like I'm doing right now. But it was mostly like, you know, occasionally, you know, a group of friends will have a get together and then I'll smoke it. And, you know, that's how it all started. But practically, I've been smoking daily now for almost four years. Um, when wow. I got remarried and my, my husband, he, he's a you know, smoker, a little smoker. So I started smoking with him every day. But it's not a hobby for me. It's more like a lifestyle. You know, a hobby, you just do it, you know, from time to time. For me, this is part of what I do every day. All right. So that's how you differentiate between a hobby and a lifestyle. A hobby is something that is every once in a while, occasionally, maybe even socially. Yeah. Um, but for you, the lifestyle is in every day, your day revolves around uh, cigar smoking. Oh, yes. Now it actually does because that's my job too. So if I don't smoke, I, I cannot tell. <laughs> so it's part <laughs> of what I do every day. So let's let's talk about, do you remember your first cigar? Do you remember what it was? The first one that you smoked it that you went, oh, I get it now. Like maybe... Maybe this is this is a lifestyle for me. I could say it was a Davidoff. I don't know which one it was, but it was the Davidoff, and it was so good that I said, "No, I have to smoke more." And I, I kept smoking, smoking, and smoking after that. Yeah, Davidoff tends to have that effect. <laughs> yes, it's very yeah. good. It's very good. So let's talk. So you you turned it from a something that you were kind of steeped in that you were raised around. So you were used to it and you turned it uh, from, from that into a hobby, into a lifestyle. How did you, how did you hook up with Karen Berger and become a, a rep for, for her brand of cigars? Well, I have a friend um, that lives in Puerto Rico that she reps for, for Karen over there in PR. And we were at the Orlando Cigar Fest together and she was going to stay at my house because then after the Orlando we were going to go to the Vegas cigar week so she's like oh I need to pass by Daytona and grab some samples to take back home and I said okay so let's drive there so we drove there and I met Karen that day and we stayed with her for like we were supposed to be there for maybe an hour or two and we was, we stayed with her for about five hours and oh, wow. we clicked it was like an instant friendship. I love that lady. I fell in love with her and I guess she fell in love with me. And the next day I got a call from her um, national sales director and he said, do you want to work with us? And I'm like, yep. I, that day I called my job and I told my boss, hey, I'm giving you two weeks notice. I'm done. Done, done. And that's how it all started. That quick. I huh? like you matter. <laughs> had a great conversation, and the next day you're like, "Yeah, I'll work for you. Let's do this." Yeah, that's how it all started. It was, you know, of course, you know, I think some things do influence in that kind of stuff. Like, you know, I have a little bit of a following on Instagram, Facebook too, and and that helps when you work in this industry. You need to have, you know, followers that that you can show what you sell so they can come and try you know so that's part of of it too so you know i i you know maybe my personality too because i am you know i'm a little shy sometimes i'm a little crazy too so that combination maybe helped a little bit too 
Yeah. So we had a great conversation, like I said, at, at the Queen City Cigar Festival. Uh, it took a little bit to, to, to bring you out of your shell and for you to kind of open up a little bit and become more comfortable talking to me. I'm not the easiest uh, guy to talk to on the planet. Um, so I can I can see that. But you mentioned Instagram and you are I, I would say you're an influencer. You have over five thousand followers on, on Instagram. I think that I think that technically qualifies you for an influencer. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I think I just broke a thousand, so I, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. But so you have 5,000, what, what, what's the key to that? What's the key to social media and how does that translate into the cigar industry? Cause I know that the cigar industry, it's a, it's a people industry, right? Oh yes, it is. It is. Well, to me with, with Instagram, it all started practically, you know, like a game, let's say. Um, yes, I did have Instagram. My my account, if you go back to my older pictures, you'll see us to have everything there. Because, you know, some people, they will start to be, they say, oh, I want to be an influencer, let's say. And they delete everything. That's not me. I started with Instagram probably, I don't know, eight years ago. So I still have everything from back then. And then last year, my my husband's it's like oh why don't you just you know start posting pictures you know smoking i'm like i will get in trouble my family is very um, traditional and they in their mind you know they they think oh no women should be smokers you know cigar smokers i guess it's okay to smoke cigarettes but not cigars which is you know double standards but um um that's all you know i just started posting and then i started gaining um followers and followers and followers and I kept posting and posting and posting and that's how that Instagram you know craziness started um but yes um in this cigar world you know I I, I sometimes I just like it's just crazy so different with everybody you know because you might like one thing some people will say why don't you just post videos and some people will say why don't you just post professional pictures and stuff like that and then this is why I don't feel like I am an influencer. I do have some influence on people, I believe, but influencers are more like into constantly taking pictures and, and posting. I, I have a way of doing my thing. Um, I got to say I'm like a little OCD and I like to keep my Instagram in a certain way. So I don't post like everybody else, like everything they do, they're just posting, posting, posting. I, I can't be that way. So I don't consider myself an influencer because of that. But I do have some influence on in people because I, I have helped a few brands. Like, oh, they send me this stuff and can you post? And I'm like, yeah, why not? I'll post and then they get a few followers and people start buying their stuff. So in a way I am, in another way, I don't feel like it. Like, I, like I'm an influencer. What are the challenges that come with, with Instagram? You just talked about, you know, you're a little OCD with it and you don't post all the time. And so you're, you're kind of judicious with what you post. What are the challenges to keep that Instagram going and to, to keep the momentum and, and get the followers? And, and how do you do you, like, if somebody says, Hey, I want to send you something, do you try it out first before you post? Or are you just like, yeah, I'll post it, whatever. Like, is there, is there a vetting process that you use uh, to which products you'll, you'll, you know, try to influence people to, to go follow and maybe try? Yes, um, definitely. I, if I don't like it, I won't post it. That's my thing. And I'm very honest 
upfront with people. You want to send me your product? Not a problem. I don't charge. And that's another thing when it comes to influencers. Most of them do charge a fee, you know, to post. So that's a job for them. For me, it's just, I, I cannot use my smoking, you know, my love for, for smoke, you know, for smoking and, and, and charge for that. Because, you know, to me, for me, I, I don't criticize and I don't judge what, you know, the people that do, but I, I just can't do it. So since I don't charge, I tell them clearly, listen, if I don't like your cigar, I'm not posting it. But you have to understand something. Me not liking it does not mean that it's a bad cigar. It means that it's not for my palate. But I cannot vouch for something that I don't like. Right. And, you know, some people, oh, don't worry about it. You're going to like it. So when I don't post, they get mad at me. And they, you know, I get <laughs> messages. Oh, yeah. Some are nasty. It's like, oh, I just sent you three cigars. It's like, I told you from the beginning, before you sent it to me, if I don't like your cigar, I would never post it. Because it's my reputation, you know? Yeah, I think that's great that you don't charge for it. And you're just like, if I like it, I'll post it. And if I don't, you won't see it. I think that's a great way uh, to do it. Uh, it keeps your hands clean. It, it gives you a nice... Uh, there's no bias that goes along with what you're, what you're influencing. You like it. Hey, go, go try it. Go smoke. Like whatever. I'm not getting paid for it. I like it. You might not. Your mileage may vary. Go check it out. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I have a friend who keeps telling me you should charge money for that. You should make money because you do get a lot of people, you know, asking about it and stuff like that. I'm like, I just can't, I can't do it. I can't charge. You know, I have brands that send me stuff and, after they send it to me, they say, okay, how much are you going to charge me? And I'm like, I don't charge anything. I told you, if I like it, I post. If I don't, you won't see it there. But I do not charge anything. That's, you know, that's me. So with you, your Instagram is real. It's it's you. It's it's what you want it to be. It's At least it's the you that you want to show people. But there's nothing fake or phony about it. Not at all. It will be phony if I will be, you know, constantly promoting a brand that I don't like. Is that, do you find that challenging to do in the world of, of quote unquote influencers? Because if people are sending you things and they're expecting you to say, to say, Hey, I'm going to charge you X amount for this, but you turn around and say, no, I'm not going to charge you anything. I'll just post it. If I like it, if I don't, you'll never see it on my Instagram. Is it challenging for you to navigate that with fellow influencers? Do they do they see that as a well you're ruining it for the rest of us kind of thing, or do they just kind of leave you alone and let you do your thing? And yeah, um, it has been challenging. I have received a couple of messages from a couple of people, you know, saying, "Oh, you're ruining my business," and I'm like, "Your business is your business. Mine is mine." And these people, I'm talking like people that have like over. 25,000 followers. <laughs> like what? I even tell them, like, why are you even messaging me? Have you seen your following? You know, I, I don't even, I'm not close to what you have. So it's just, you know, you're just wasting your time. What you do and what I do are two different things. So, right. you know, some people do get mad and some don't care. And you just, you're going to keep doing what you do. And I think, I, I, I think that's fantastic. I think that's great. I, I can't do it. I will be. I think I will be fake if I 
start charging because then it's not a lifestyle. I'm using it to make money. And to make right, money, then it becomes I prefer a business. to go out there and sell. Exactly. I, I just prefer to go shop to shop and sell Karen Burger instead of, you know, doing this to people. Because some of these people that have these brands, you know, these are boutique brands. And these are people sometimes that they're doing it by themselves. You know, like I am practically. So I'm investing my money and then I'm going to send you some cigars. And then you're going to charge me on top of that. But what if I don't have a lot? You understand? Yeah. Help these people, push them out there. If they're great, if they're not, you know, that's on them, not me. Exactly. Exactly. And so when you navigate, when you navigate those, those types of things, like, does that help you in the business world when you're repping Karen Berger and you're, you're talking to, to B and M's? And you're talking to other reps. Does that does that help you navigate those relationships a little bit more? I'd say yes, definitely. Um, I have met a lot of people. Like actually, on Saturday, I was at this event in Sanford, Florida, and I met a friend there who is a rep for for another um, brand. And he was telling me, you know, he's just giving me advice. You should do this. You should do that. And you know, it helps. You meet people out there, and the good thing about this, it does not matter what brand you represent, because there is, you know, a market for everything. The, you know, everybody help each other. You know, you know, I get a help from, from I get advice from Steve Saka. Saka sat with me for almost two hours, telling me what to do and what not to do in the industry. Nice. And the guy, you know, he has, you know, who, you know, who who doesn't know Steve Saka, you know. Right. And, you know, I have one time I sat down with Pete Hernandez that represents um, Tatuaje Cigars, and he gave me a lot of advice, too. So there is no, you know, competing against each other in these things. Like, there's market for everybody, there's space for everybody. And I think people help, you know, you're going to find some, you know, some people that could be a little nasty and, you know, maybe jealous of whatever. And, but, you know, in this industry, I think it's more, you know, I help you, you help me. And sometimes it's just, I help you, you don't have to help me at all. So I think it's just, you know, it's, it's a positive thing to be working in this industry for me. So you see a lot of good in the industry. And I wonder if that's because as a rep, you're, you're out there day to day, like you're grinding, right? You're grinding yeah. every day. You're talking to B&Ms, you're talking to, to, uh, people who make decisions and sales and and you get to see other reps and you get to see some of the other, some of the other people in the industry. Cause I have heard from those in the industry that uh, manufacturers, right? So we, I don't want to mention names, but guys who, who make the top level decisions in some of these larger companies, right? That they say that the, the cigar world is very nice up top, you know, above the table, like everyone's helping everybody else and they're laughing, they're having a good time, but under the table, the guns are drawn. You don't see any of that. You just see I, everything that's above the table. I have not seen any of that, but remember, you know, big people are big people. The more money you have, there's always going to be craziness, you know, and there's going to be a lot of competition, you know, between the big companies. You do not see that with the little manufacturers. Like when I went to, to DR and I went to a few factories there and then 
I got invited to, you know, just to meet a group of smokers. They all wanted to meet me. And I'm like, okay, not a problem. I'll go there. And there were like four different, um, you know, factory owners there. And they were all friends because, you know, they don't need to be enemies. They don't need to be fighting against each other because they all have, you know, you know, different people with different palettes and different products. And there's no need to be hating on each other. I was so happy to see that, you know. I don't think you see that with the big, big people. You don't see it that much. They pretend and they get along and they smile together for pictures and whatever. But when you see the little people and they sit down and they smoke and they laugh and they joke and it's it's just lovely. I love it. And that's, I mean, and that's blue collar, right? Because you're out there, you're grinding, you're, you're shoulder to shoulder with other reps. And so... <laughs> you get that camaraderie because you guys are out there every day, right? Like, what does that look like? What does that look like for you, Anya? Like every day, give us like a day in the life uh, of a cigar rep who's just grinding. Yeah, every day. Like you can just go, okay, today I'm not going to work. I'm going to have fun. But then you go with a friend to a shop that you've never been to. You're you're not going to sit and smoke. You're going to grab your card and you're going to grab a sample and you're going to give it to the owner, the manager, you know, at that place. So you're always working. Always, you know, and, and it's, you know, it's not a bad thing because you're working, but you're having fun at the same time. You're smoking, you're drinking, you're talking to people. Yeah. It's not, but work. it's not, yeah, but it's, it's not work, but you're not sitting there smoking a cigar and, and you're, you're, you're doing work, but it's not work. Cause you like it. Exactly. It's not like before I was working in the solar industry, I work for a solar engineering company and I was just, you know, telling my mom, mom, I used to fall asleep with my boss in front of me, sitting in front of me because it was so boring. <laughs> yeah. And I had a lot of work, yes, to keep me busy, but sometimes, you know, I would doze off. I'm not joking. I would just like, you know, fall asleep for like a few seconds. But here, there's no way, you know, you're moving around, you're talking to people, you get to a shop and you tell the the manager, do you have 45 minutes to sit with me and have a smoke, you know, and you smoke with them and you have a, you know, a drink or two and you talking. And sometimes like the way I do it, I don't talk about the brand right away. I let them get to the last third and then we start talking about it. And then we talk prices and stuff like that. But for the first, let's say 30, 35 minutes, it's just about talking about everything, politics, you know, the weather or how the business is going in that area and stuff like that. So it, it's not like I say, it's, it's not work for me. I'm having fun. Yeah. You're getting to know people and, and through getting to know them, you're able to represent uh, the Karen Berger brand very well, which is awesome, which is like, that's, that's fantastic. But you're in a lot of B&Ms, right? You're, you're in B&Ms all the time, every day repping i want to talk about something uh that i think a lot of people are talking about now because there's more of it there's a lot of women in fact women are the fastest growing demographic i believe uh in the cigar hobby in the cigar lifestyle are you seeing that out there in the lounges more and more women coming in i do see it in the big lounges i don't see it in the small like you know being I, I feel more like in the big lounges. Like here, if you go to, like I'm in Orlando right now. If you go to Corona, you're going to see a lot of women there. But it's growing, you know. We 
are coming out of that shell, you know, because people have that taboo that women should not smoke cigars. Cigars are made for men, which is not true. So now we're seeing that, that it is okay. We still get a little bit of um, judging and people criticizing. I do get it all the time. Even my family, I have family members that uh, used to follow me on Instagram. They stopped following me. But I don't care. You know, it, it's part of me. It's part of what I do and I've been doing it for a long time. And if you don't want to see it, then I don't care. But in, a lot of older women have, you know, the same mentality now. They don't care. So they are coming out. And then I have met, you know, in this cigar week, since cigar fest that I've been going this year, I have met a lot of women and they all tell me the same thing. It all started last year when the pandemic hit, you know, mm. they got bored and they saw their husbands, you know, smoking and they say, you know, I want to smoke with you. Can you teach me how to do it? And that's how they all started. But it's been like since last year, I, I have seen it grow a lot. You know, the, the whole, you know, women smoker community. So you're seeing it in the big box retailers, your Coronas, your, your JRs, your, your probably your Burns by Rocky Patel, your, your uh, uh, Davidoff lounges, your, your Casa de Monte Cristos, et cetera, et cetera. But in, you said in the smaller lounges, in your mom and pop B&Ms, and you're, mm-hmm. you're not seeing women come in nearly as much. Why do you think that is? Because usually those places are bring your own bottle or they only offer beer and a lot of the women that smoke these days, they like more like the like the bar. Um, you know, they prefer to go to a bar and have a cocktail and have, a, you know, wine and have, a, you know, spirits and stuff like that instead of beer. Beer practically yeah. is more like for men than women, you know? So, and, and most of those shops are small shops. You see people that are, you know, they're there every day. And they're older or, you know, you still see a few young people, but it's mostly for older people. And, you know, I think we as women, we need to support the small businesses too. I don't mind having a beer. I don't like beer, but I don't mind sitting having a beer. Or have a Coke. I have Coke. Sometimes I don't even want to drink alcohol. And I, you know, will drink Coke or water. And I'll have a smoke, you know. So that's something that we can do and we can support the small BNOs because the big ones, they don't need that. They have business all the time. So, so I, me, I prefer to go to a small one. Well, and I, I think I would too, for the most part, if I had, if I had my druthers and I, I could pick one wherever I was, I would probably pick a smaller one, uh, more cozy, more intimate, more, less, less noise, uh, is my big one. Uh, but how do those small B&Ms cater to this, growing demographic this the the women because like you said they they can't have the wine and they can't have the alcohol and, and some states like uh, in the state that i live in you mm-hmm. you can't sell alcohol and tobacco in the same store unless you sell consistently every month 60 percent of your business is alcohol or uh 60 of your business is tobacco and only 40 percent of your business is alcohol and it, the one month that it's you know 41 59 like you're done um here in florida you are allowed you know it doesn't even matter but you have to have a permit you have to have a license right so 
Right. Some people don't want to have the big, you know, crazy license, the alcohol license, because it, sometimes it takes a lot and it, it, it's more expensive or whatever. Or sometimes you don't have that need, you know. But if you have a beer um, license, it's beer and wine on, you know. So you could, you know, you could bring wine too. I went to um, this place in my in my town, right? I love going to that place, but they only have beer. And I told the owner, you do have a wine license, right? It's wine and beer. It's like, yes. Why don't you bring wine? Oh, I don't have a lot of women that come here. It's like, I don't care. I don't care. You can bring wine. Have a couple of bottles. I come here all the time and I drink wine. So he started buying wine. And all the women, he's like, oh, I see you have wine there. Now I can, see, I'll buy alcohol now because you have wine. So he saw the difference, you know? So some people can do that, you know, if they see that more women are coming and they're looking for wine, they might add wine to, to, you know, what they offer. And you, you see the girl little by little, because, you know, that's what we want. Something we can, like me personally, I don't like a lot of noise. To me, smoking is to, you know, for, to, to relax. Okay. Yes. You know, a club is one thing and a cigar shop, cigar lounge to me is just to relax. I cannot have crazy loud noises. I, I can't do that. So a lot of women are the same way. They want to come, they want to sit, they want to have, you know, a place where they can talk while they smoke and have a glass of wine, you know. So I think, you know, the brick and mortars, they should start doing that. If, you, if they're not offering... Um, wine and they're only offering beer, then they need to bring wine and cater to yeah. women. And, you know, if you don't have an Instagram account, open one and start promoting because these days you don't need a lot of money to market, you know, to do marketing. With with social media, that's all you need. How important is social media, do you think, to some of these small businesses that may not be utilizing it very well? Because I've I've said this for a while now in the cigar uh, industry. There are some really great um, users of social media uh, as far as manufacturers go. But when it comes to B&Ms, when it comes to your local lounges, very, very few are active or well-versed in using social media to promote their business. How important do you think that is, uh, you know, in in the current age of, of social media? It is very important because you see now people of all ages using social media. Um, you see, well, if you see older people like more Facebook than Instagram, but you can promote on, on Facebook too. You know, I have a lot of people that I have met, you know, at small shops. They're older, but and they use Facebook and then I have them on Facebook as Facebook friends. It's like, oh my God, yes, you know, we're friends on Facebook. And then, you know, can I take a picture with you? So it is important because you think, you might think, you know, that it, it's not going to help, but it does help. Right now I have mm-hmm. an event on Wednesday um, with Karen at this um, lounge in Boca Raton. And, you know, they're not using money to, you know, do marketing for that event. No, they're posting and I'm posting because that's what works. People see it. And if they don't see it today, they will see it tomorrow. If they don't see it on a post, they'll see it on your stories. So 
So you have to do both. And when you do both, you attract people. How important is it to get engagement uh, with social media, especially when you're a business? Because you can promote it all day on your your social media. But if it's not getting traction with your followers and your followers aren't promoting it themselves and putting it on their story and putting it on their feed, it's not really doing a whole lot. So how do you promote that? How, how do you get other people to basically promote your business for you? Well, it's easy. Sometimes you don't have to get anybody. You can tag a person. I get tagged all the time. And then, so if somebody is checking my my profile and they go to the pictures that I get tagged on, they can see it. You might think, oh, yeah, no, you don't see that many. But yes, people tag other people and that makes them get, you know, gain more views. And if I go and I like it, oh, yeah, I mean, look, this person liked this picture. So, you know, they might go into that website and see what's going on. So not that website, that profile and see what's going on. So it does help. And, you know, it's the hashtags as well and the location. So let's say that event, it's in Boca Raton and you put that you're in Boca Raton. You know, people search that. People search locations and people search hashtags of that location as well. And, you know, they see it. Cause it's going to show on their feet. I, I need to get better with social media. I really do. <laughs> I'm terrible at it. I'm just old. I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. I just, I, I, I'm literally one step away from being in my front yard and yelling at the clouds. Um, I, let's switch gears here a little bit, because as we said earlier at the top of the show, you just got back from uh, the Dominican Republic, but you went there for a very specific reason. Now you've been a rep for Karen Berger for a while now. But you're branching out. You're starting your own cigar brand. Is that right? Yes. I've been working on that for six months now. Well, actually more than that, like almost two years, trying to find the perfect factory to to make my cigar and going here, going there. It's not easy, me being a woman um, in the industry. When you want to come out with a brand, they don't take you you know, as seriously as they would take a man that wants to do it because they think that you don't have the knowledge. So it took me a while, but, you know, my cigars, I say, hopefully they'll be here this week or next week if customs, you know, don't mess it up for me. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's been crazy. They have been ready since the last week of January. But, you know, the boxes took a little longer because, People think it's, it's easy. It's, it's crazy. It's not easy at all. It's a crazy process, but I'm almost there. And I went to the yard actually because I wanted to see how everything was going because we were like in the last stages already, waiting only for the warranty seals to, you know, have it. Because, you know, they, they had been boxed for a couple of weeks now. So all they needed was to be sealed and that's it and then shipped. So I went there to do that, to check on that. I went to the factory as well because I also wanted to sit down and and learn about the whole process, how it's done. And I said, you know, if if I'm able to do it, because it's it's not for everybody. You have to smoke, you know, the the tobacco being mixed like in a regular cigar. You have to, you know, smoke each type of tobacco and then you make the blend. So it's, a crazy process, long process. I was there for almost seven hours doing that. You have to eat very heavy um, breakfast. Make sure that you have 
you know, that you're prepared. You have water with you, a lot of water, because you have to clean your palate every time you try a different tobacco. And then mixing, blending, you know, and you make different blends and smoking that. So I did that um, for two days and I came up with my two next cigars already. So I already know what's coming up, but I need to first launch the first one and then in a few months I will be throwing out there the second one and then after that the third one. Nice. So you do have you've got three different blends coming. What's the name? What's gonna be the name of the company, the name of the brand? Don Fausto. Just like my dad. That's my dad's name, Fausto. So not nothing to do with Tatuaje Fausto line. That's something different because what they did, they grabbed that book, you know, with Fausto was the devil. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was about them. That's that's what it is for them. For me, that's my dad's name. So Don Fausto. Nice. That's that's such a great uh, homage uh, to honor your dad with with uh, with the name. That's fantastic. I think that's great. Um, so let's talk about how you got started because you were telling me a little bit again at the Queen City Cigar Fest how this all all came about. How like how, how did this idea go from an idea to reality? Can you kind of walk us through that process? Because I know there's a lot of people out there who are like oh, I would love to start my own cigar company, have my own brand, have my own cigar. It's not the easiest thing in the world. So walk us walk us through that. First, you have to have a lot of patience. You have to have money or somebody that can back you up, right? Which I and, have neither. So so I think everyone's <laughs> safe from having having my own cigar. Yeah, and and you know, and you know, have a vision. That's all about and passion. Vision and passion. Know what you want to do. Okay. And that, that's what it's all about. I I had that idea when I met my husband. I saw that, you know, he liked cigars and he was very passionate about it, as I was. And I said, why don't we do this? But he didn't think I, I had the passion, you know. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't think you can do it because I'm not going to do it. I can give you the money, but you're not going to do it. I'm like, okay, not a problem. I kept pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing until he said, okay, I, you want to do it? Let's do it. I'll give you the money. So that's how it all started. And I started going to the factories and getting samples and telling them what I wanted because I wasn't ready, you know, to sit down and make a blend with them. I did tell them what I wanted and they made samples for me and I smoked and I didn't like this. I moved to the next factory and same thing until I was able to find continental Dominican cigars which, you know, the guys have been great. They're two young guys. They're young, like they're in their 30s. They're young, but they're very passionate and their products are great. So I found them, thank God. And they, I told them what I wanted. They made a couple of samples for me. And, you know, that's how it all started. I, I, you know, with the samples, two I didn't like, one I did like, and that's what, you know, became Don Fausto. Wow. When do you think you'll be ready? Because that's the next step, right? When do you think you'll be ready to actually blend your own cigar? No, that I already did. I blended it. That's what I did. Um, that, Monday. That's what you were down in the DR for? Yeah, yeah, that's what I did. That's what I told you. I was like seven hours doing that, smoking, trying different tobaccos. And, you know, okay. Is I'm that like, going to be the third blend that comes out then? Yeah, second and third. 
Second and, and third are going to be ones that you've blended yourself. Yes. Yes. Um, wow. One is the next one will be because right now it's with a, a Habano wrapper and it's a medium, um, maybe medium to full, let's say, uh, stress. But the next one is going to be more like a mild, mild to medium. And it's going to be on a Connecticut wrapper. And um, the third one will be, that's what I'm not sure exactly. It is it's a full body. It's, yeah, it's full, full body. And it's, oh my God, I feel love Because I, I smoke more like medium to full and full. And mm -hmm. I'm in love with that third blend. But I'm not going to do that until, you know, the beginning of next year. That one's full. So the it's already there. The blend is there. Because, yeah, I want to work first on my, you know, the first one and then the second one. Let's say the second one, I'm thinking maybe by October, November. So and the then, first one is going to be shipped next week, you think? Yeah, I think I'll have them by next week, hopefully. What, where can we go get those? Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need to get some. <laughs> well, I that's what I'm working on. I have to. I have spoken to a few people because I, you know, I know it's not going to be easy to find shops outside of Florida to you know to have them. You know, so I want to find the perfect online store where people can just you know order them from there. Right. So I'm working on that, but you know, just like a regular shop. They want samples and they want to try them before they have it on their on their store. So I'm waiting for you know to have mine when they come next week. Then I start sending some samples and see what's going on, and then I'll let everybody know. I will announce it. You know, you can find it here and here, and then I'm gonna sell those here in the shops, and then I'm gonna be. I already have a few people like in yeah in North Carolina, in Georgia, Alabama. Um here in Florida too, New York, waiting for that, you know, shop owners. They said, as soon as you get and send me a sample and if I like it, you bet that I'm going to have it here. So nice. I'm working on that, but I, you know, you cannot sell something if you don't have it. Right. Yeah. People want to yeah get their hands on it and, and, you know, put it through its paces and make sure that it's something that they like. Cause just like you, they don't want to sell something that they don't like. Exactly. How, was Karen Berger, uh, was she supportive of this decision for you to start your own brand and, and kind of go out on your own? And Oh, she knows. She knows because when I met her, I told her that I was working with, with my own brand and she was okay with that. But, you know, I'm, I can, I, I rep for her. She's my priority, <clears throat> but I am allowed to sell all the brands as well. I'm not right, only concentrated on Karen Berger. Did she give you any advice when you when you started this endeavor? Was she like, hey, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, she did. She did, definitely. You know, when we met that I didn't know I was going to be working for her, and she didn't even know that I was going to be working for her. I told her, you know, I wanted to do this, but, you know, I don't know if I should do it. She's like, no, you should do it this way or maybe do it this way. So she gave me a lot of advice, which I'm very grateful because I – you know, I have a different vision now for, you know, for Don Fausto because of the advice that she gave me. Stuff that I said, you know, I should have done this this way. She's like, no, you know, maybe you could have, but maybe you should add it here or add it there. 
and they still be the same. And I'm like, yeah, that is true. You're so smart. I never thought about that. Because the lady is super smart. She's crazy smart. You know, I, I have never met a woman that can do all that she does and still have, you know, she has like the ability of thinking about, you know, business-wise, you know, anything business-related. She just quick and she will give you an idea right there on the spot. I was just like, oh my God, I wish I was like her. So, but yeah, she, she's okay with that. And, and one of the stuff that I asked, can I rep other brands too? And they said, yeah, not a problem with that. As long as, you know, you, you don't forget about us and just make sure that you sell. Nice. Mm-hmm. So what challenges did you face? You said, I know, uh, I know you said that uh, there were some in the industry uh, that don't take women seriously. Did you ever through this process, like, have that moment where you just were so frustrated, like, why am I being treated different? Like, you just wanted to grab them by their collar and shake them and say, why are you doing this? Why are you making this so difficult? Was there anything like that? Or or what challenges as a woman, you know, did, did you face coming out with your own brand? One time I did want to kill somebody <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, it gets frustrating, you know, and I'm not a feminist. Oh, we, I, I don't consider myself equal. I do. I understand that I have my strengths and I have my weaknesses like everybody else. Men have them too. So I don't Absolutely. consider myself like, you know, I don't, oh yeah, we should be equal. We should be treated better. I don't care about that stuff. I do think that everybody has their, you know, their weaknesses and their strengths. And if I sit down with you and I smoke, and you see that I'm not just one of those girls that take pictures with the cigar to make money. Did I smoke the cigar all the way to the nut? And that I'm enjoying it. As soon as I'm done with that one, I light up the other one. So you know I'm just I'm not just one of those girls. I am a serious smoker. So why not take me seriously? So this factory, I had requested some samples. They made six different ones for me. And I got there, and we started smoking them. And three of those were the same. I said, you know, number one, it was number one, number three, and number five were the same. And they, you know, they all looked at each other like, you know, they were trying to take me as a fucker. I'm like, it didn't work. You know, and this is bad business. It is bad business, and I don't want to do anything, any business with you. So it was nice meeting you. I, I don't hate you. I still will respect you, even though you disrespected me and my knowledge. But I don't want any business with you. So yeah, I, I don't. I, that like That's a great attitude to have. Like, I respect you, even though you disrespected me. I'm not. Like, Anya, I'm not sure I would. I would have that, that same uh, same reaction at all. I might have gone the opposite direction. No, like that's uh, my like, <laughs> yeah. My mom taught me. Listen, even though even if you get disrespected by people, you need to show respect. It's the same thing. Like you know, kill them with kindness. Same thing. Well, yeah. My mom told me the same thing. I don't do it. <laughs> I know you said that it takes a lot of patience. And in that instance, you certainly showed some patience and some grace that I don't think I would. And I think that's, you know, I have to wonder if that's why women stay away from some of the smaller B&Ms is because they're afraid they're not going to get that 
that level of respect that they're deserved. I mean, if, if a, if a factory who does, you know, I don't know which factory it was and it doesn't matter which one it was. It does a fair amount of business. If that's their business practice is to be demeaning and, and condescending to a, a potential client. I mean, all they really had to do is take a look at your, your Instagram and, and, just a, a cursory glance at it would have told them that you're you're more than a, just your average uh, smoker. Yeah, but, you know, it did happen. And, and, and let me tell you, when I got back to the car, I started crying. And I don't cry that much. I cry when somebody dies or when one I want to kill people or grab a bat and start hitting them in the head. <laughs> and I can't do it because I don't want to go to jail. So it was that right. second one. And I wanted to kill them, all of them. But... That's too bad. Yeah, I showed them. And and it's funny because when I was in that meeting that day with some friends, you know, people that I had met, somebody that worked at that that factory was there. He pretended that he didn't know me. And I did the same. You know, I did the same, but I didn't tell anybody that. And I never go and people ask me which factory it was. And I said, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to tell anybody because I'm not that type of person. You know, maybe they did that with me. They learned their lesson and then the next one comes and they're not going to do it. It just yeah. amazes me that in this, this day and age that that, that still goes on. Oh, no. I, I, mean, I, have, you know, I have been to small shops when it's, you know, I guess the regulars are there and I go in, I get a cigar oh, and they treat me like in the human. They're like, I don't know what I'm, what I'm doing. And I said, oh, mm-hmm. no, I know what I want. I'm just, you know browsing and checking what you have and you know they stay with me in the humidor maybe i don't know if they think that i'm going to steal or because they think i'm dumb and i don't know what i'm doing but they don't move and then i grab whatever and i said you know you have coffee do you make coffee oh yeah so i'm gonna sit and i'm gonna smoke here and they all look at me like you know what the heck is she doing here so that needs to change because that's you know how are you going to bring more people right now you have a lot of women smoking. Like, I'm not joking. You, you saw a lot of women in North Carolina. Absolutely. In Vegas, I went, you know, to the Cigar Week in Vegas. That was crazy. A lot of smokers. I went to Orlando Cigar Fest. A lot of smokers. Miami, um, black smoke. You know, a lot of smokers. So, the, you know, the women in, in the cigar industry, the smokers are, you know, it's growing. So, that mentality that women shouldn't smoke or shouldn't be at a small shop needs to change. They need to be more welcoming. There are a lot of strong, uh, independent, knowledgeable women in the industry now. Uh, uh, Karen Berger not being the least of those. There, there are there in Arturo Fuente in uh, McAuliffe. Uh, there are women that are making EP uh, Carrillo. There are a lot of women who are making big time decisions in the cigar industry. So mm-hmm. this, this kind of uh, sexism, this kind of misogyny that we see in some of these places, it, it just doesn't have a place anymore. Exactly. See that EP Carrillo um, number one cigar of the year that was blended by a woman. Yeah. It was blended by a woman, so we should get a little bit more respect. But I don't, I don't. Her cigars were blended by her. Yeah. 
Like I just, I, I, like I, that's what I don't understand is there's, there's in this day and age, there are so many, there are so many women that are active and actively contributing to the cigar industry that B and M's need to realize that and cater to that. And I've, I've asked B and M's local to me to do uh, a ladies' night where it's just women. Like you just invite women in, and it's a safer space for them. They don't feel like it's a good old boys' club, and all the regular guys are there. You know, old crusty white guys like myself aren't there. It's just for the ladies, and they feel more comfortable in the mornings. And you introduce them uh, to to the world of cigars and and the lifestyle and the hobby that it is and that it can be. And and you try to shepherd um more women in into the hobby because i i think that's only a a good thing for the industry i think that's a great thing for the lifestyle i think it's a great thing for that for even if it's just a hobby for you because women look you just have better taste than men period you just have better taste than men like my palate is awful i have said that before my palate (laughs) is shit it doesn't matter like so i'm sure that a woman can has a better palate than I do. Like without a doubt, they can pick out colors better than I can. And they can probably taste uh, things better than I can. This is not my strength. Like you said, we all have strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's a, a weakness of mine. Um, so I'm looking forward on you to when your, when your brand releases, we'll be looking at your Instagram for that. Give everybody your Instagram uh, so that they can follow you. It's super easy. My name and my, you know, my first name and last name, Anya Ramirez, A-N-Y-A and last name Ramirez. It's super easy. I don't like, you know, using nicknames or, you know, my name. That's it. You're going to know me. You're going to meet Anya. You're not going to meet, you know, Cigar Lady, whatever. You know, it's just Anya. Anya yep, there it is. It'll it'll be in the show notes at Anya Ramirez uh, at uh, uh, on Instagram. And then uh, I'm sure you can find her on Facebook as well under the same thing. Uh, yep. Real quick, are you going to be are you going to be at the uh, the trade show this year, Anya? I uh, was planning on going, but to tell you the truth, I prefer just to stay home and work my ass off because, you know, it's not about money, but it is about money. And I don't have a yep. job <laughs> anymore that I get, you know, a check every week. So, it, you know, I I depend on that. You know, I do have a husband who, who has a good job and he can support me, but I, I have been working since I'm eight years old. I'm a very independent person and I prefer to work. So I wanted to go to the trade show and I talked to Karen that I was going to go, but I prefer to stay home and work. Ah, well, when I'm there, I'll say hi to Karen. Uh, uh, I'm sorry you won't be there, but I understand. You got to look, everyone's got to eat, right? If she wants me to go, if she wants me to go and she pushes me to go, (laughs) I'll go. <laughs> but, well, um, then maybe we'll maybe we'll see you there. But Karen's going to be there, right? Karen Berger oh, yeah, will be there. Yeah, yeah Karen yeah. will. Right. She will be there. I can't remember the the booth number, but if you go to her um, Instagram, you'll see it there. She will be there. Yep, uh, it's on the uh, the PCA uh, page as well. I think it's got the, all the booths uh, listed in the floor plan. So I'll check that out. I'll stop by the booth and uh, talk to Karen, and uh, maybe I'll see you there. Maybe I won't. But Anya. Thank you so much for spending the time on a Monday afternoon with us. Uh, I, I know I appreciate it very much. I loved learning about your journey, learning about how you got into the cigar hobby, learning about how you uh, uh, started your own brand and hooked up with Karen Berger. It's a, a fantastic journey, a fantastic story. Thank you for sharing it with us. Thank you for having me and for inviting me. And I, maybe you'll see me in, in Vegas. That will be nice. 
that would be nice. That would be awesome. Uh, if so, we'll we'll catch back up then. Uh, uh, because there's how many? Just real quick before I get out of here, how many how many cigars do you have in your in your collection? You and your husband together, you combine them all. Is you told you told me this in Charlotte? In Charlotte, like how many how many do you have on you? I have no idea. It's gonna be over ten thousand, and I'm not joking. Ten thousand. Yes. Yeah. Yes. See, that's so. I I get I get uh, crap all the time from my friends, uh, and even sometimes my wife who's like, "Why are you hoarding cigars?" I have like literally, I have less than a thousand. I think it's like nine hundred and eighty something. I'm down <laughs> under a thousand. Like, why are you hoarding cigars? You're a cigar hoarder because I'll smoke two or three a day. I'm not smoking, you know, five or six. Only two or three a day. Why are you hoarding these cigars? I'm like, I'm not hoarding. Collect. I'm curating my collection. It's a yeah, collection. So, it's not my collection. It's mostly his collection. Me, I will be smoking them all. Like I, I wouldn't. No, I will smoke all cigars. <laughs> I don't care about collecting. That's his thing. That's not me. Well, I mean, even if even if you both smoked five a day, so ten cigars a day between the two of you at ten thousand, I think you've got enough for quite a few years there in your collection. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's. That's a lot. <laughs> we do have a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Anya Ramirez, thank you so much again for joining me. I appreciate it. Thank you, James. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. And thank you for joining me, everyone. Join me next time when I'm not quite sure what I'll be talking about, but I promise it'll be Simply Stogies. Stay smoky, friends. Thank you for listening to Simply Stogies. Please rate and review Simply Stogies on iTunes. You can follow James on his cigar journey on Instagram at Simply Stogies Podcast, all one word, and on Twitter at the Twitter handle at Simply Stogies. <laughs>